It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, you're listening to me and Paranormal You with your host, Ryan Singer. Because it's more fun to believe. So I'm here with Jeff Hutchinson, my next door neighbor inside the apartment. Hello, how are you? I guess people call those roommates. Oh man, it's good to see you, Ryan. Good to see you, Jeff. Um, I guess, you know, that's not real important information other than a longtime uh, creative collaborator. Yes, we've done many artistic endeavors together. I wonder what the total number is. Got to be over 20. At least. Director of Comedy Wondertown, the pilot presentation that did not qualify as a finalist for Comedy Central's... I shouldn't focus on what <laughs> you didn't happen. You have to mention that. Yeah, I don't have to mention that. But um, We've written a, a couple screenplays together. We've, we've yeah. collaborated on some uh, fun stuff. Comedy Wondertown, the pilot presentation, about 15 minutes long, is... Available on the internet, by the way. I'm not going to tell you where, but I mean, it's it's pretty. Uh, it's going to be pretty obvious if you just kind of go to my. I mean, anyway, if you really want to see it, it's easy to find. You're not going to tell people where. You're going to make it an adventure for them. Yeah, it's yeah, an adventure. You know, it's I like. I have hidden things. I have a couple hidden things on my website. Well, I guess I just kind of gave. Out, I just gave away where it might be. Help but, people out. Tell them where it's at. <clears throat> Comedy Wondertown's on ryansingercomedy.com. Anyway, so if you want to see Jeff's work there, and there's a bunch of videos that we've done over the past. Jeff likes blowing stuff up, and uh, he likes action. It's not a good short or a good film unless some people die. <laughs> you can look up my uh, YouTube stuff on YouTube by simply typing in Jeff Rowe G. Now, that's a little bit scary, the sound of it, but it's J-E-F-F-R-O-G-E-E. -E. Normally, we plug stuff at the end. Well, you were plugging, so I just thought this was the time to throw it out there. Oh, no. I was just kind of giving people like an idea of how we know each other. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we've known each other for 10 years, at least. 10, 10 years or so. And when I first met you, you had really, really long hair. Oh, the, the, those days. I thought you were kind of Looney Tunes. And one day, I remember we just were in the living room hanging out and talking, and I realized this guy is pretty cool. You knew a lot about baseball. You had good sensibility, and you were just kind of all around fun to talk to. Oh. And then uh, that's when we, shortly after that, we became roommates, probably. 
We were already probably roommates at that point. I don't think I met you a whole lot before then. Yeah, maybe just a handful of times. Because I remember uh, someone told me, it was Peter, our other roommate, who said, uh, oh, this guy Jeff, he's a filmmaker. He's uh, friends with, you know, you know, I've known him. I went to school with him and stuff. But because uh, I was, I think at the time I was thinking about, I was thinking about some kind of project. I needed something. I needed someone to direct something. Or I was looking to meet some people who were in film. And he goes, well, you can talk to Jeff, but Jeff doesn't mess around. Like, don't come to Jeff with some half-baked idea. Like, if you come to Jeff, he's going to be, he's serious about it. I've always described it like I'm a ceiling, I'm a, I'm a spinning fan, like I'm a, a fan in the room. And, you know, when you take a pen and stick it through the fan, it's going to get, you know, chopped up. But once in a while, you can get a pen to go cleanly through and it misses the blades. So everyone's throwing ideas at me. And I'm always like, maybe your pen will make it through the spinning fan. <laughs> I was like, I, I had no idea what that analogy was going to be until the, I was like, what are we talking about? Here? The pen is your concept. Okay. A lot I've of never... people think that they're so amazing. They come up with such great ideas, but maybe it's just not going to work for me. Yeah, well, you are very, uh, that's why I like sending stuff your way, because although I think you might have gotten a little bit better at it, but normally people are more open to criticism when you open with something positive and then let them know. Sure. But you've been known in the past to just be, oh, so what do you think of that? Well, let me tell you what's wrong with it. And that's how you start. That's how you would lead to, but I think you've gotten, I think you've changed that a little bit. Maybe some, some people I think might not, uh have the uh maybe the skin for it yeah which is too bad because how are you well, not going to have thick skin in this the case in this industry get the fuck out of this kitchen <laughs> what's too hot I mean, the kitchen. This, this we're not in the kitchen this, right now the we're world in the living room art so dependent upon criticism i mean everything that anyone creates artistically is criticized almost immediately so if you're going to be an artist it's like almost like okay i guess i should get ready to take some hits in the chest here well, I mean, that seems I'm all about, obvious. I'm all it about, seems obvious. Oh, yeah. I'm but it's all, not. I am all about... To certain people. Um, constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. Yeah. I just want you to know uh, that your work has potential. Well, let's... We can we can have this come... Well, this isn't a... Uh, this well, yeah, isn't I, my... You're t- I was I'm wondering one, when we were going to get to the yeah. paranormal shit. <laughs> is this how you always start this show? No, we just was very loosey-goosey. Do you just assassinate characters right away from the beginning? Oh, I didn't mean... To, uh, did you feel under attack? No. Okay, good. Now... I was just wondering if this is how it always started. No, it doesn't. Who knows how it always starts? Uh, I think Andy Sell and I, I don't even remember how. Anyway, they start, depends on how well I know the person. We've known each other. We know each other very well. So A little background. So, yeah, that's a little. But this is something that I wasn't. See, I think the point of me bringing up all this background stuff is that I'm not hyper aware of this part of you. Not hyper aware of the. Until you said something the other day. Paranormal side. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? How have we not talked about this? I don't know how it's not come up because we do have a lot of spiritual esque discussions. Yeah, but it's just never really kind of. And back in the day, I'm sure we smoked a lot of drugs together. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably, you know, in our younger days. I don't do that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, sure. it's rare. It's rare that I do that. Yeah. Because anyway, but what we're talking about specifically is we're talking about precognition in dreams, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm not even exactly sure all the scope of it here. I'm not even sure how to pinpoint it, but a little bit of it does have to do with with, uh, my precognition as far as I've dreamt the future. And it's happened to me randomly, and when it has happened, it's been very frightening for me. Sorry, I'm doing a... I forgot to hit record on my backup. Are you going to edit that part out? I'm going to edit this out right here. Okay. Okay, I'm recording. Okay, so say say that again. One, two, three, record. Well, I... 
just have had a few moments in my life uh, that stand out where I had a very specific or very vivid dream. Sometimes I've even written it down because it felt so strong. And then later on, been in the moment where that dream is actually happening to me in real life. So you will, you will have, and like when you have this dream, do you, do you like, is it something that you've woken up from in the middle of the night and be like, I have to write this down? Or is it just in the morning or whatever? It's in the morning. Usually if uh, the dreams I have are strongest, uh, usually towards the morning. And those are the dreams a lot of us will remember the most anyway, because we're in that very deep sleep and they feel the most real at that point. So we kind of wake up and if the dream was really powerful. I'll take the time to write it down. One, one that stood out that was pretty minor was when I was in college, I was doing a lot of theater and I'd had this one dream like a year previous where I was on stage and I'd forgotten my lines. This is a normal dream for an actor, right? Because actors always, you know, are scared of that happening to them. But this was a very specific dream because I remembered the colors uh, purple, green, and blue. I remembered staring into the faces of, of actors, but those colors really rang true to me. And so I wrote that one down. And that was a year previous to when it actually happened, where I was on stage in an actual live theater performance with audience members everywhere. And in the dream, I remember looking out at the audience and seeing specific faces of friends of mine and, and freaking out uh, because I, I really wanted them to enjoy my performance. And here I am blanking out and not being able to remember some very important lines of dialogue. So that's the dream. And then here I am on stage and there's three actresses in front of me wearing a green dress, a blue dress and a purple dress. And I cannot remember my lines. And I look out into the audience and I see the faces of the same people from my dream looking back at me. And I had a massive panic attack on stage because I realized I had dreamt this a year before and written it down. For some reason during the rehearsal phase, it didn't pop up into my head as something that I should have remembered. And I actually had goosebumps on stage and I almost fainted. So, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I love the idea of this. Your panic shifts from oh my God, I'm in a per live performance and can't remember my lines, which is the highest level of panic for a live performer. Yeah. But then that panic shifts into, oh, in the moment, it shifts from that, that immediate panic, to a much deeper like, oh, I had this dream. No, actually, it's, it's no, I, I freaked out because I realized I was in that dream. I freaked out because, not because I, f I forgot my lines. I freaked out because I knew that it, it happened in the dream. The, the dream caused the panic attack, and that's what made me forget my lines. Oh, my God. So, like, you were on stage and then kind of, like, oh, I was locked doing, it. And then, doing then you realized, oh, this is the dream. Oh, and now I forgot my lines, like, just like the dream. Exactly. So, my, so like, my dream the, dream, the dream awareness came before the forgot the lines awareness. Yeah. Oh, so it's almost it, like a self-fulfilling prophecy in that dream yeah it might have been my looking at my friends and seeing them in the crowd that kicked it in initially and then the colors and i just freaked out how weird is that that and you you forgot the lines maybe you forgot the lines because you had the dream that you would forget the lines but if you didn't remember you had the dream where you forgot the lines you may have not <laughs> forgotten may have not forgotten may have not may have may have not forgotten the line not and forgotten sounds like a not and forgotten a, a town in yeah. A fantasy book. But I wouldn't be surprised if 20 years from now, not forgotten is an actual phrase. You, you, uh, it, it happened here on this podcast. Yes. Yeah, so, created it. Well, so what happened? Well, the three girls I was acting with, they just stared at me with that look of, you better figure this out. <laughs> and I pulled it together. I said some lines that were not part of the dialogue from the, the script or the, whatever you call a playbook. Um, and I got out of it. 
luckily it was uh, towards the end of the scene. I got out of it. And I just remember afterwards, like, you know, seeing my friends and being like, I have to apologize. I'm really sorry. I had a massive panic attack on stage. And I didn't really want to tell them initially why, but I told a few of them later on and they just thought I was full of shit. Did they notice that you had forgotten your lines? They noticed that I was, you know, definitely, there was a lot of space between. Uh, that you got, you got, you definitely were, were shook out of your character it, it at the moment. obvious. It definitely was obvious because, you know, with a play that you're doing, there's usually a lot of, uh, there's a lot, not a lot of dead space. Because on stage, you really want things to always be happening. Unless it's like some huge dramatic climax, there's not a lot of silence or like nothing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some where it's all in the expression, but typically it's a lot about the dialogue, especially with, with this play, which was called On the Verge. It was by Eric Overmeyer, and it was about three girls traveling through time, and the dialogue was really colorful. It was uh, semi-Shakespearean, the things they were saying to each other. But my part was one of this the... This was in college, right? You said? Yeah. I was playing a 1950s gas station attendant. <laughs> it was perfect for me because I grew up watching so much Leave it to Beaver and a lot of my friends' parents called me Eddie Haskell because I'd come over and be the charmer. I'd walk in and go, oh, gee, Mrs. Singer, what are you cooking? You look great today. Is that a new haircut? <laughs> so here I am playing this gas station attendant. Charmer, I think, is a very friendly word. For yeah. That. Well, fake charm, but... But I know. They saw through my bullshit, but yeah, yeah, they also okay. kind of liked me because they... You know, the 50s parents or 60s parents uh, grew up with Leave it to Beaver, so they loved Eddie Haskell. They thought he was yeah. the funniest guy oh, ever. Oh, he's a good kid. So I was just a living, breathing Eddie Haskell for a lot of my friends' parents. Just for... <laughs> so um, did you ever show any of your friends, like, hey, I wrote this down. You think I'm full of shit? I wrote this down. Look at it. Uh, I kept it for myself. I don't even, I don't even know where that went. Cause I, I had it written down for a while. It's I think it's in a computer that's in my parents' garage. And I've told my parents, please don't ever throw this computer out because I want to get these files out eventually. I used to, used to keep a very detailed journal. So I think it's in that I think it's in that computer. So I should do that soon before all the technology becomes obsolete to be even <laughs> to be able to even extract it from that computer onto a into a transferable way. Oh, in the future, I mean? we're just going to be able to put it right into our brain. We're going to have a microchip right inside of our brains. Our consciousness will be able to be downloaded. That's what I, I was actually thinking about that today uh, in regards to I was writing something for a joke that I'm trying to fix. And I think I figured out how to fix the joke. Okay. But we don't need to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, you know, there's, uh, there's other incidents that have happened to me. Um, what's going on over there? Oh, are you? Are we got notes here? I just wrote down some stuff to make sure that I can okay. remember. To I was say making sure you weren't important. getting automatically sucked into the the smartphone vortex black hole that people get sucked into, that you've been railing against for a while. Yeah, no, I'm not looking at text right now. I was looking at notes that I wrote just for okay. this podcast. Okay, I was just making sure, uh, because anyway, Jeff has been Jeff is kind of a Jeff's kind of an old man in a lot of ways. Like I, I describe you as an old man in a lot of ways. Like you had a flip phone until two weeks ago, a month ago. This is 2014. You had a flip phone. And you're not a drug dealer. No. You, you're you not broke. No. So it's like, you're just like this, and like, and you always, what was your reason for not getting one? I had an iPod Touch, and that was perfectly fine for me. I was getting my music out of it. I was getting, uh, if I needed to have an app, I, I had it there. I just had to go to a Wi-Fi hotspot. Generally, I, I just needed to talk to people and text to people with my phone. That's all its purpose was designed for anyway. So I didn't really need it, but then I went to New York and I kind of needed to have um, some applications that would help me navigate the navigate. subways I mean, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I could have gotten around without it, but it's just kind of a pain in the ass without it these days. How old were you when you first started having dreams that you realized were uh, that had 
uh, attributes of precognition? I really don't recall. I, I can't recall, but I do remember the feeling of deja vu happening to me frequently when I was younger. Now, now, what do you think the difference between that dream that you specifically had and deja vu is? Because well, one is a lot more... Because deja vu is not something that you write down in advance, like like from a dream or something. You know what I mean? Deja vu is something that's very immediate and very passing, and you almost can't describe it to people, at least my experience with it. Every time I've had deja vu, it's been... I know I've been in this place and done this before, and nine times out of ten, it's because I know it was from a dream. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Oh, really? So your deja vu is dream derivative? I, I don't think I've had a whole lot of experiences where I've said, oh, I got that weird feeling of this has happened before where I couldn't link it to a dream. Really? Yeah. It's usually been linked to a dream. I don't know if I've ever had that conversation with someone. It it's, it's, could be real simple. It could just be like, oh, wow, I dreamt that me and Ryan walked to 7-Eleven and got some lotto tickets and had this specific Slurpee. And I'm like, well, I, I definitely dreamed specific things, conversations that we were having, specific things we talked about. And I dreamt them, and then it's happening in real life. But... Usually I just remark on it for a moment. Oh, I'm having some deja vu. And then I just move on. So you think uh, all deja vu comes from dreams? I don't think that. I know that's how it is for me. Okay. Well, for you specifically. For me specifically, yes. So that's interesting because I've never even considered that. I don't, I'm not able to really grasp memories of dreams ever. Um, I had a dream. This is a weird dream. that I. The only dream I can remember in like the last two weeks was me talking to my buddy, Mark about this woman named Shauna, uh, who's a musician. And I was, ex I told him that I was excited. She followed me on Twitter or something. It was like the, the most pointless dream ever. Anyway. So that, that's like the only dream I can remember in the last few weeks. Yeah. Like, and that's just a snippet of one. I remember I, my dreams very vividly. Usually I have strong, uh, memories of my dreams. Okay. So maybe that, how often does this deja vu of your dreams happen? It happens probably once a month or so because some of my dreams are really wild and crazy like i'm saving the planet from ultimate destruction in some of my dreams so you That's don't not... necessarily expect that to happen no I, i'm always uh, i can have dreams where i'm flying sometimes and i'm like well that's just you know flights of fancy i'm having a good time in my dream and enjoying myself what side note yeah if you are having uh an experience in real life where you're saving the planet from destruction yeah please try to transcend that panic attack that happened on stage so you can actually do it. <laughs> well, yeah, that does lead to my next uh, thing I wanted to mention, and that is that sometimes there's no deja vu at all. Sometimes I have a strong feeling in my gut that I shouldn't do something. It's a very uh, dark feeling that surrounds me, 
And I just stop what I'm doing usually immediately when I have that feeling. So maybe I've had the dream, but I can't recall it. You know, we have so many things we think about while we're asleep. So many things come and go and dreams don't have any kind of linear story to them. They just kind of bounce all over the place and make no sense sometimes. But I have had moments in my life where I believe I've had a dream that I could not remember that has saved my life. Like I was at a stoplight one time in my car and the light turned red. I'm sorry, not, not red. The light turned green. So I'm at a red light and it turned green and something inside of me just said, you know what? Don't go. Just don't go. So I actually just did not move and I let cars behind me honk and all of a sudden on my left, I saw a car 70 miles per hour go right through the red light on the other side of the street and would have hit me if I had gone through that green. There was just a strong, strong feeling not to go. And I don't know if that's connected to a dream I had or not, but I know that it's happened to me more than once where I've just said to myself, do not take a step further. And it saved my life. In that particular occasion, one time I was walking around um, the Universal Studios. Wait, wait, wait. We're not moving on from this one. Well, there's another same, same thing happened to me, though. I was walking around the Universal Studios back lot. And for some reason, I decided to not take the stairway from the upper to the lower part of the studio. I just said, I'll walk on the street. And for some reason, I was walking European style on the other side of the street, and I was about to turn a corner. What, what is that? Wait, what is, I was about to turn <laughs> wait, a corner wait, where there's... Wait, a, what does walking European style mean? I left, no... left side instead of the right, because cars travel on the other side in Europe. Oh, oh, like, so you were walking, not facing I was, traffic. I was, I was walking, usually when you walk or bike, you're supposed to, as a pedestrian... Go against down, traffic. No, you're supposed to go with the traffic. No, you're supposed, I've always heard you're supposed to go against it. Well, that's how so you, you can see who's coming at you. That's not what you're supposed to do. Well, yeah, so you can keep the tra- you keep the traffic in front of you. No. Look at the bike paths. They're not designed to do that. Well, that's for bikers. I'm talking about people walking or like if there's no sidewalk. You're supposed to, if you're a runner, if you're a... Well, a biker, yeah, you go with traffic. But runner or... When there's a bike Anyway, lane. that's neither here nor there. Uh, a biker, a runner, usually supposed to go with the flow. And I was on the other side and I was hitting a blind corner with a big, huge like bush or tree. And I just, again, had that feeling, don't go any further, and waited 30 seconds, and this fire truck came around the corner at 45 miles per hour, would have nailed me, would have just killed me, because they wouldn't have been able to see me in time to stop. And again, that is that dark feeling that, that comes over you. Wow. A fire truck would have killed you trying to go save someone else. <laughs> Maybe. It's possible. So th- these aren't, and they're not tied to any distinct visual memories from, from dreams that you've had. No, but because I've had those experiences where I've had deja vu, I believe that it's one of those memories that just is so stuck or stifled by all the other dream stuff that something inside of me says, oh, wow, something bad happened in your dream. Um, you need to learn from this. And What's the difference walk. between a hunch and, a, and one of these? I mean, because we all have hunches about things like instincts, but yeah. this seems to be something that uh, is more than that because it... I don't know what I mean. I don't know what the difference between precognition and premonition is. Yeah, this is more premonition. So a premonition is like sensing the future or sensing 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 something, sensing something. So like that seems like when you have one of these premonitions, and then you realize you were right by following it. Obviously, it's going to do a couple things. I think it's going to reinforce that you should always follow that feeling. Follow that feeling. And secondly, it's got to be overwhelming. You know, it, it is overwhelming, but it's odd because human beings are so capable of adapting quickly to new environments and surroundings that usually within about five minutes, 
it just becomes a cool story. Like it, it just goes away and becomes like, oh wow, that happened. Oh, I found a five dollar bill on the street today. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. There's also a lot of distractions. Oh, I saved my in. own life by this weird <laughs> sensation that that made me unable to move my car. Yeah, I, I really feel like we are so surrounded, especially in a city like Los Angeles, uh, with so many dis- uh, distractions. There's so much going on that you could easily have something like that happen to you, and then five minutes later be like, oh shit, back to back to real life. Here we go. Like it, it's not even that big of a deal to me anymore. Uh, it's happened to me, and it'll it'll you know make me shaky for about five minutes. But then I'm really now. Is it like it? So it's 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 interesting because it's not a uh, it's not the exact same thing as a near death experience. No, yeah. it's it's like a well, I guess it is. It's, it's, it's like almost a, death experience. Yeah, it's like a sidestep from that. Yeah. Um, going further with that, and this is probably the weirdest of all of them. Um, I wish I had some sort of control or power over over it because then I could you know, go to Vegas and win some money or something. Uh, but really, it's never anything except colors or or a feeling. But to be fair, real quick, because you mentioned Vegas, you're the only person I know who always wins money when you go to Vegas. I don't always win. You never lose money. I have lost before. You just haven't been with me. A couple times. Ryan is my good luck charm, everybody, for Vegas. If he comes with me, I, I'm going to win usually. So I always say, hey, The only you time you've ever me. lost money in Vegas is because you've loaned me money. <laughs> That I've yeah. lost. I lost it by betting on you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be out of money in like an hour and a half when I'm in Vegas. Anyway, so. Yes, um, but here, I need you to know about this one because this is. Oh, we're going to get into it. I can't even I can't even explain this one because those other ones were like a dark feeling that told me to not do something. There's a difference between that and what I'm about to tell you where I had no control or couldn't understand what I was feeling. The day before September 11th, 2001. I had the worst feeling in the world. It was that same dark feeling. It was that ominous feeling of, holy shit, bad things are going to happen. And I wasn't sure if it was going to happen to me. I just knew that something bad was on the horizon, and I could not explain it. I was making a short film with some friends. I think it was a Monday night. I'm not sure. That was, was September 11th a Tuesday. I don't remember. But it was a weeknight, I think. Or It definitely was a weeknight because uh, I was... yeah. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't matter. What it matters is that we were all in a coffee shop. I remember, and we were going to discuss a little bit about this movie. We were about to go into the Ventura Boulevard area and film, and people were like, "What's wrong, Jeff? What's going on?" And I'm like, "I just don't feel right. Something. Does anyone else feel like something's really wrong? Like something. This is really off in the world today." And my friend Nora said, "Yeah, I kind of have that feeling too." And I looked around at a few other people, and they're like, "No, I'm not getting that feeling." But a couple other people were kind of like, "Yeah, I guess I do feel like something weird is in the air," and. Couldn't shake that feeling the rest of the night. Went through the rest of the evening. And even when I was asleep, I, I just felt so weird. And all of a sudden at like 5 a.m. or whatever it was, my roommates knocked on my door and said, you need to come watch the television. The world is, I think my friend Adam's exact words were, the world is ending. And I went out and looked at the television and saw what was going on and realized that I had some sort of, I don't know, premonition. But there was no control over over it. There's no knowing what was going to happen or what it was. I just knew that something bad was, was certainly in the air. Uh, this is not at the level of, of Chris Robinson, who you know who that is. Uh, this is just this was just me having a feeling. And for those who don't know who Chris Robinson is, he is the front man <laughs> of the Black Crows. That's not what I'm talking about. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about when I say Chris Robinson? No, I don't know who you're talking about when you say Chris Robinson. Chris Robinson. The, Chris Robinson strikes me as Black Crows guy. Chris Rob- Or wasn't he also in Winnie the Pooh as... Winnie the Pooh's best bud? I don't remember. Well, the Chris Robinson I'm speaking of predicted September 11th. He knew it was going to happen. He had dreamed it. 
very vividly for years and tried to warn the U.S. government by saying, you are going to be attacked. These towers are going to get hit by airplanes. You need to beef up your security. I hope I never heard of this. Well, it's, it's on the internet if you want to look it up. He told U.S. government officials, he tried very hard to, to tell people, the towers are going to get hit by planes and you need to do something to stop this from happening. They just thought he was crazy. He had correctly predicted other events before that, but nobody ever really gave him any kind of credence. He was on a television show in the 90s, uh, way before September 11th even happened, where they had examined him, one of those like unsolved mysteries show, where he was talking about how when he was a kid, he had dreamt um, about going to an air show where planes exploded, but pilots safely evacuated the plane or ejected before it crashed. And he went to that air show knowing that they would that they would live uh, because of his dream and tried to tell people like this plane is going to crash right now but they're going to be okay he was just warning people and letting them know that and uh, correctly predicted that that was going to happen and so he had very vivid dreams about 9-11 and could not stop it from happening because no one believed him wow i can't believe i've never heard of this guy yeah they they have since done tests with him there i guess there was a testing facility in arizona for uh people like him and so what they did was they locked him in a room and they said, tomorrow we're going to take you to 10 different places. Maybe I'm getting some of this wrong, but this is just how I recall reading it. We're going to take you to 10 different places tomorrow. So the first place we need you to uh, concentrate and tell us where we're going to take you first. And he would just write down what he saw in his head, like uh, basketball kids playing. And the first place they would take him to would be a park. And he would have in an envelope, totally sealed, those words and they would open it up and go holy shit he got this one right he got 10 for 10 right it sounds almost like remote viewing yeah i don't know um the term specifically but i know that his ability to predict the future is so strong that people are baffled where is he now i think he's in england i think he's from uk well i hope people are listening to him if he's like saying something else is happening soon he he did recently come out and say something was going to happen but i forget what it was I, I would take him very seriously. I'm going to link, uh, I'm going to try to find some information on Chris Robinson and link uh, link it to this episode on the website. Yeah, he's fascinating. Um, there's some YouTube stuff on him. Uh, he's pretty quiet for the most part and uh, I think just wants to lead a normal life. But once in a while, when, the, when you have that kind of ability, you kind of want to tell people, uh, hey, when something major like that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you can't, I mean, there's just too many people on the planet to be able to handle every bad thing or to be able to try to prevent everything, every little possible thing that could happen, it'd be overwhelming. You couldn't sleep and you'd need 17 million of you to be able to go around and tell everybody or to even have a chance. And I don't know where that number comes from, but I'm I'm sure it's not even close still. The point is that's crazy because there's, I'm reading this book now called We Don't Die by, it's about this medium George Anderson. Everybody knew him as Psychic George or Medium George. Yeah. Uh, Uh, you know, and I actually have a friend of mine who who actually his mother talked to him. But it's interesting that you know you can do all the you know because there's that million dollar challenge where like prove you have some kind of psychic ability and you get this million dollars, and uh, apparently the guy no one's ever done it. So, but it's not like it's not important for people I don't think who or have genuine abilities to be like okay I'll prove to you here give me that million bucks. Yeah, you know I mean typically there's not. I mean, some of them make a living doing it. There's there's people who who probably have genuine abilities and they're making money down on. I don't know if they're down on Hollywood Boulevard or not. I don't know if those people are genuine. Uh, if if you had definite abilities, you'd be in Vegas and making tons and tons of money. I think that the problem with a lot of these intuitions, these abilities, is that you can't really control them. 
they just kind of come and go. That seems to be a common thread, whether I'm talking to someone who has, you know, precognition in their dreams or empaths. I know empaths really struggle with putting up defenses and building up walls to not get overwhelmed by other people's emotions and feelings. Or even the girl I dated years ago who could morph, she had no control over it. She and she didn't even want to talk about it because it made it worse. Right. So it seems to be a. Uh, it seems to be a. Uh, a thing. You just no ability to control it. Maybe if we evolve, maybe if we evolve, we will be able to uh, control it. Well, it is an interesting idea that it is an evolutionary thing. Um, my friend Rhiannon, who you know, she produces Underbelly, and she's been a guest. Okay. Um, she just sent me. We were just texting last last night how she read an article, and I'm gonna have to find it because I, I don't have a link to it yet. Where they're saying, uh, "Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring." A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, or what was the text? It's that synesthesia. Are you familiar with synesthesia? No. I'll have to talk to her. I'll have to have her on again and talk to her. Synesthesia is like the combination of two senses almost. Like that's the the simplest way I can think. Like if if I said the number, because it made me think of synesthesia when you said you had a dream and the colors, those three colors, purple, blue, and green, right, uh, really stuck out to you. Like if synesthesia is, like if I said seven and you immediately just felt purple. Right. Or so, like it's a combination of senses, like or like uh, like you can see numbers in colors. Yeah, like numbers have colors, or words have numbers. It's like it's like this weird. It can all be linked up. It, yeah, so it's it's kind of you know people who typically people who are just like those mega minds, those brilliant like unexplainable genius people. Those people have a form of synesthesia typically. Yeah. Uh, or a head injury can even cause it to start happening. Well, the Chris Robinson guy apparently had a some sort of cardiovascular problem and had surgery. And after the surgery was when some sort of oh really that's very yeah. fascinating. Uh, yeah. Apparently, after the surgery is when things got extra extra sensory for him. Well, I know head injuries. Um, I know uh, near death experiences, or even kind of. I mean, Sabrina Cunada, who was a, the first guest I ever had. She almost drowned when she was a baby, when a little kid. Yeah. So, um, so it's interesting to think some kind of brain trauma or some kind of weird thing can trigger some kind of higher level of functioning, almost. Right. Or maybe I don't want. I don't necessarily have to say higher level. Maybe not a higher level of brain functioning, but maybe a different way that the brain can function is synesthesia. It doesn't necessarily. Have, I don't have to. Doesn't have to. I don't have to denote that it's better than. 
better than the other. But I don't know. Evolution is inevitable, maybe, hopefully. I believe if we are making any kind of uh, progress with our technology, it will turn into evolution for us as well. Because like I said earlier, human beings adapt very quickly to the surroundings. So you think we'll integrate? I, I think so. I mean, I just learned recently that the reason why our fingertips or feet get wrinkly with water is so that we can grip better when we're moving around in wet conditions. So if that simple little evolutionary trait came around, then maybe because of the technology, because our, our surroundings are so dependent upon technology right now, maybe we will adapt as people towards that. And maybe that will also mean being able to uh, be smarter because of it. I think people need to settle down on evolution, by the way. <laughs> Like, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying... We should like, slow down, we should just No, 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 I don't mean slow down. I mean, well, no, I do mean slow down. I, I said just, settle down, but like, I'm people expect, because evolution happens over... Billions of years. Oh my God, right? I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of weird that I say, oh my God there, but <laughs> when it comes to evolution, but it, it seems like... Why, why, why eliminate God from, from the conversation? Maybe God created evolution. We don't know. The beauty of all this is that we just don't know. Yeah, but I mean, people expect evolution to be so fast and happening so quickly. Yes. And it's, relax, don't you understand the scope of evolution and how long it's all taken? So settle down. We've come a long way in the last 200 years. Yeah, the reason we're not settling down is because people are so wrapped up in the comic book movies right now. We love our X-Men and we think it's going to happen to one you of think us. That? <laughs> all, of, all of us want that power to you know, have claws in our fingertips or something. But I think... And maybe I'm being overly dramatic, but to me, the problem with getting wrapped up in all of that, in that mentality, which I think you're exaggerating for effect here. I am. Uh, is that we are, we're, we're not paying attention to those amongst us who do have special powers already. Yeah, but as I put out earlier, I really feel like those that are out there that have these powers cannot control them. Because if they could, they'd be in Vegas winning shitloads of money. Well, I don't think everyone's MO is that. I think when you when you transcend past the idea of happiness is money and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, what does money give you? It gives you power or secure, like certain things. Certainty. People don't, not everybody's interested in that. No, it, it's just, it's just the certainty that people are after. They want that certainty, which gives them security. But I believe a lot of the things we're talking about would give you some sort of ability that you could turn into money if you had control over it. And you'd, you'd want it. There are psychics everywhere. But for, for me personally, I don't really feel like a lot of those psychics are real. Um, I don't think there's any kind of school they can go to get certified to make, make you believe that they're 100% real. But at the end of the day, I do feel like if there's more control over it, if we had control over these powers that you're discussing, you, you'd know more about these people. And I think we have to, I think a lot of people have to, we have to focus on recalibrating our definition of what a psychic is. Now, whether it's a tarot card reading or a number reading or something, people are expecting for some reason a psychic or a tarot card reading to tell them is specifically what's going to happen in their life. And it's like, that's not what these things do. Right. And that's what not, that's, that's not what these people do. Um, they don't give you those kind of specifics. Like, you're going to meet a, you're going to meet this, uh, Hey Ryan, you're going to meet a, a woman named Janet, uh, Treadway, Janet, Janet Treadway. And, uh, <laughs> Gosh, I wish I could. Uh, you know, on March 15th, 2016, and you're going to marry her and have three kids, two boys and a girl. You know, it's not like that. It doesn't work that way. It's cloudy. It doesn't Every, work that uh, way. All these visuals, all these visions, premonitions, they're, they're always cloudy. You have to just take them uh, for what they're worth and see if you can figure it out later. So there's no way for you to 
like purposefully have one of these? No, I wish I could control it. I wish, I wish a lot of other people could control it. Have you it, tried so. through like meditation or anything like that to try to channel and tap into it more? I haven't. I should try that. I'm a little bit scared of it, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine having that feeling of being convinced I shouldn't drive my car through a stoplight and then all of a sudden my death passes in front of me. Yeah, I feel like I've definitely dodged some bullets before and just gone right about my life after that. I think that certainly I would not want to know if my end was near because I'd rather it just happen because it was going to happen. But then again, it raises that question of, was it supposed to happen? Because if I had a dream that made it not happen, was it then supposed to happen and I avoided it? Or was it not supposed to happen because you had the dream avoiding it? Or have you somehow cracked, have you some kind of hacked the system? Exactly. I feel feel personally like maybe I just hacked the system, got lucky. Because I I honestly felt for a really, really long time that I was not going to live past 30. I lived my life uh, really kind of believing that for a very long time, I definitely thought I'm not making it past 30. And for some reason, that was something that really stuck in my head. I just kind of knew it. And those two things happened before I turned before 30. 30. It's yeah. so funny. Yesterday, I was hiking the mountain and I had this thought. Uh, I don't know. It was a random thought about like, well, why should you, why do we celebrate uh, getting older and why do people, why, especially maybe in Los Angeles, specifically in this entertainment industry, people don't celebrate getting older and I don't care about getting <laughs> older, right? I don't right. dye my hair. I don't dye my beard. I say how old I am on stage. People don't believe, people think it's crazy. And I'm like, I think you need to re, uh, readjust what your definition of what crazy is. But I had this thought on the mountain where I was like, of course I celebrate getting older. Because guess what? I have managed to stay alive this long, right? Like, I'm, I'll be 38 this summer. Somehow, I managed to keep myself alive, essentially keep myself alive for the last 20 plus years. <laughs> How? And we should, that's, that's not easy to do. No one really realizes everybody takes for granted how lucky they are to be alive to still be alive yeah you yeah. better you better hope you get older yeah it is a celebration that's why i enjoy my birthday because i'm like oh man i made it and i'm going to party like crazy for that birthday every every single time it happens pretty much i haven't majorly damaged myself in any kind of huge way that has inhibited i i've been very lucky yeah but you're like, healthy yeah and you take good care of yourself you're a guy was always eating properly or trying to eat Well, I'm making properly. attempts. I, I fail constantly. Yeah, but, but you're one of those guys yeah. in my life that I feel like, yeah, he, he's definitely trying real hard to eat healthy and more or less succeeds. But uh, yeah, I think keeping... It's, it, it's interesting to think, I wonder if it's a hack or if it's just part of like a... Uh, of, of, a, of, a, of something that's supposed to happen because you, you had the premonition or the, the, pre, the precognitive ability to, to know that it was going to happen. Maybe. But going back to just being lucky to be alive, it, it is something I think about quite a bit. I don't even think I really realized how precious life was till I saw Dead Poet Society and I kind of just slammed into my head uh, with, with Robin Williams' endless diatribes in that movie that, yes, this is a precious thing. And every moment really does matter and it's always very, very important. And you should definitely be doing your best every minute to motivate and stay motivated and not be complacent because of that very reason you know you are alive because you want a fucking race you were you were swimming against a million other dudes that got to this big circle and you got into that circle you're lucky already to be alive uh, and then 
There's so many bullets you're dodging just walking around this world. There's cars going everywhere. Things fly I always love the, the sperm argument too because it's like it's almost as if each one of those sperm has their own unique personality. <laughs> it's you know, which is I'm sure it's possible. I mean, I believe in the possibility of anything, but I love how there's a million people uh, that unique personalities that or or whatever, how many ever it is, one million possibilities or more or more, and you're the one they got through. Yeah. So you were the best of the best. You start your life out being the best of the best. <laughs> so don't you screw this up. Wow. Imagine, um, okay, I'm not going to go there with that. I, I was going to go somewhere <laughs> else with that. But uh, there's, I wonder if like these things, the like these genetic things, I have a friend who thinks that uh, empathy or being an empath comes from trauma. Some kind of, that it's not something that's born into someone. And you know, there definitely are cases like we've, we've already been citing some of them of people who have had something happen in Chris Robinson, the cardiovascular thing, right. uh, where it's something it's like these things are these people are made and not born. But I also think that there is it's just as likely too that you're born with a slightly different brain. You know what I mean? Or one that is uh, that functions in a slightly different way. Yeah, you might be more gifted because you didn't have any traumas like any major physical trauma as a child. Well, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, did I, you almost die or as a kid? Did you have any major surgeries or head injuries? I was a little bit early when I was born, probably by about a month. So they had to put me in like an incubator machine. For, I was there with you. Yeah. I was in the, my mom called it Palm Springs. She said that I was baking in the sun for a little while longer. Uh, before, <laughs> So she couldn't even hold me, I think, uh, right away because I was not quite ready to be uh, in the world yet. So maybe it has to do with that. I don't even know what I believe as far as all of this goes. Your friend says it has something to do with trauma. Maybe. Uh, I don't I don't believe that. I really feel like it's something that is more spiritual. I feel like uh, these things kind of find you or are, are given to you. I was also born very premature in an incubator for a while. I had this thing where, you know, and one of the side effects of being premature is that you're tiny. Um. Yeah. And then I was put on a diet to gain weight. And then apparently I just gained too, way too much weight. So then it put me on a diet to lose weight. Like I've always been unable to control my intake. <laughs> like I've even as an infant, I was unable to have limits, like boundaries. You know what I mean? I always <laughs> would stayed say, with you for I your always whole said, life. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of funny, right? Like I've, since I was born, I've taken things too far. Yeah, and and I can say that I I've always been uh, pretty sensitive, and I think it's because my mom held me so tightly and didn't leave me out of her sight for the first three years of my life that I had separation anxiety when she dropped me off at preschool, and that's one of those things that's always stayed with me. Like I'm really uh, things have happened in my life, or the way I am today is because I feel like of those first three years. Oh yeah, I think in your case, formative years. It sounds very similar as well because I know you very very well, and you are extreme. You're extremely passionate, and when you want to work out, you do it all the way. Like, there's no half-ass with you. Well, that's an interesting. What's that, uh, uh, 60 Minutes Sports? We just on watched. Showtime? Yeah, I, I was watching, just to you out there listening, I was watching a 60 Minutes Sports episode, which is a, a kind of a sports-centric edition of 60 Minutes on Showtime, and this a fairly uh, pretty woman was talking about how she climbs Mount Everest or climbs mountains around the world. and The highest peaks on all seven continents. Yeah, she gains a lot of perspective from it, and she finally did reach the Everest peak not too long ago. And 
when she got to the top, she realized it's not about climbing the mountain. It's about what you take down from the mountain. It's about what, what you get from the experience, which is basically the same thing as saying it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Indeed. And even the journey back after failure, she said, is more rewarding and more educational than the than the journey to and from success. Learn more from your failures than you do from yeah, especially the big ones. And failure is my favorite thing. It's my second favorite thing in the world. <laughs> really? The, my favorite thing in the world is success, but my second favorite thing is is failure. I'm not a fan of it, but it's something that happens a lot. So oh, you got to embrace failure. You, you got to love it because that means you're taking risk and you're taking chances and you're pushing yourself further. Sure. Um, so failure should be embraced. I agree with her wholeheartedly. Now, I don't understand uh, a lots lots of things in in this world uh, that don't that I don't have familiar intimate knowledge of. One of them is is the precognition in dreams. Um, uh, you know, most of the people I talk to, I don't have any idea what, I don't experience things. Although a friend of mine said that she might think I'm a manifester, which I'd never even heard of. Okay. Um, manifester. Meaning I man, I can manifest things. Um, manifest destiny. Which is exciting is to think about. I'm going destiny. to, so if you're out there and you're listening, I am, I mean, I think it ties in a lot to like the secret and stuff like that. I've never read the secret, but I used to, um, um, even without having read The Secret for years now, I've been subscribing to this idea that um, I'm going to get everything I want in my life as long as I don't stop trying to get it. I just might not get it when I think I should. Right. And I'll only get it if I'm supposed to. Okay, that's a healthy right perspective. Now, I'm not going to get something that isn't good for me. Yeah. Even though I think I may want it, because then I will realize that I didn't need it later. If that makes any sense, I think it makes sense. It seems kind of simple, right? Yeah, but, no, that that seems. But at the same time, it's like I am I am where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing because it's where I am doing what I'm doing. I am only ever where I'm supposed to be because that's where I am. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty zen-like statement, actually. Okay, now it's not an excuse to go and do anything I want. Like, oh, I'm over this plate of cocaine at 37 because <laughs> that's where I'm to, supposed to be. That's where I'm but, supposed to be in life. No, you have to take some ownership over your actions, right? right. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not 37 over a plate of cocaine. Okay, I'm not saying that. That's just like, that's <laughs> Is that an the example. name of your next comedy album? Over, <laughs> what, what did I say? 37 I'm, over a plate I'm of 37 I'm, over. I'm 37 oh, no, over a plate of cocaine. <laughs> a little bit of a negativity <laughs> attachment to it. Um, I think the name of my next album is going to be Immortal for Now. Oh, that works. Uh, anyway, because I but do with, believe in the immortality complex. With what you're saying, it's fatalistic, but not quite, because you're basically saying you have control over what you're doing, but you you will believe that the decisions you make are guiding you um, properly towards what will be. When's the last positive. time something happened to you where you were like, whoa, this thing happened already? When's the most recent one? It hadn't happened for a little while, probably about a year. Okay, so remember. it is a very rare, strong thing. It used to happen a lot more frequently. I actually believe that right now I'm on the wrong path in my life, and that's why the dreams have stopped happening. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i not going to say I agree with that, but I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've been trying to get you out of your job for a while. Yeah. I, well, you know, not like actively trying to get you out of your job, but I mean, I know... You know that, I, you know that I, I actively search for other avenues, mm -hmm. so you know that I want to get onto a different path, and that's why probably you would believe that with me. Yeah, I definitely think you need to get out of your job. Uh, but, uh, but you know, that's, it's always easier to have an idea of what someone's supposed to be doing when you don't have to do it. Sure. It's easier for you to say. Right. Harder to do. Exactly. Um, so walk a mile in your shoes, even though you yeah. just broke your, it's all about happiness. That's so funny. If you would have, uh, I mean, 
this isn't to say that you don't avoid certain things that that you wish you could have avoided through through these dreams because I mean, I think a good example is when you just broke your foot recently snowboarding. Broke that would have been foot. great to have that premonition right before you went up for that last run, even though your buddy was like, we need to go. And you're like, no, I'm going to go one more time. If you would have just got up to the top and been like, oh, if I, I actually, this. you know, if I had listened to my gut, then I would not have broke my ankle because, yes, certainly when someone says, hey, last run, bro, we're going down the mountain one more time before we leave, you're thinking, well, this is usually when shit hits the fan and bad things happen. Because <laughs> uh, how many people have now I said, yeah, I broke my ankle. What'd you do? Snowboarding? How'd it happen? Well, last run of the day. Well, of course it was the last run of the day. That's when it always happens. Like everyone seems to have the expert opinion on it. It always happens at that That's point. That's interesting. Well, you are uh, more likely to be injured when you're tired. Maybe. But in this case, it was just bad snow. And so I'm refusing to believe anything. I do know that when I was about to attack that particular part of that jump. Interesting phrasing of words there. I'm refusing to believe anything. I, I am refusing to believe this because I just, in this particular case, believe that it was a freak incident. Uh, I know that before that happened, though, I was definitely thinking like, ah, maybe I could just go down the mountain and call it a day. But that's just not me. Like for me, it's this is the last opportunity to do something. I want to enjoy this. I'm going to go crazy right now. So I, I do have this dangerous mentality of like, we have to enjoy this moment now so much that I might take a risk that's a little larger than the average person just so I can enjoy myself more. Cause yeah, I can, but so for I can the look back on it, but for the more record, fondly. you definitely are more likely to be physically injured when your body is tired because it can't brace itself as much for, you know, turns or like you're, you're more likely to twist an ankle uh, towards the end of a basketball game than you are at the beginning because you're fresh. You know, I mean, you, does that yeah. make sense? More uh, likely. Because I, I know I've almost injured myself a few times running down the mountain. Sometimes I'll run down. And it's, you know, it's rocky terrain. And you got fatigue in your legs. So you have fatigue in your legs, so I can't. So, yeah, exactly. So and, and, you know, I think Kobe broke his Achilles in that fourth quarter to further support your claim. Yeah, so, okay. I am no scientist and I am no doctorist or doctor. I don't know why I said that. I wish that I had but, a, uh, pre a precog. I wish I had a premonition, I should say, about my snowboarding injury because then I would have been walking and enjoying my life a little bit easier right now. However, going back to your statement of I am supposed to be here, this was supposed to happen, and you have a good feeling about yourself when it does happen that way for you. Hey, I broke my ankle. And I was on state disability for a couple months. I got a lot done. I felt great about myself. I was doing a lot of creative things in that two months that I was down. So I actually believe it was supposed to happen because I believe I was supposed to do those things, to now, sit down and focus on those things. Now, do you think your precog dreams are just a parallel reality that are that is ahead of where this life is? Well, it's just it's just an advance. It's I just need like, you to rephrase that. I you lost me a little bit. You know that row 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 your boat. Row, row, yeah, row life your is boat. but a dream. And then how you do it in, in cycle, how people do it in groups. Yeah. Like I say, row, row, row your boat gently. And when I say, when I hit gently, you start going row, row, oh, row your boat. right with you. Gently we'll down the along. stream. Yeah, but it's it's staggered. Let's do that right now. Okay, so it's row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 gently down the stream. Oh, that kind of works out. I didn't even realize that the line was life is but a dream. There's um, a Tool song, and in the beginning of it's a song called Third Eye, and in the opening of it, there's a quote from Bill Hicks that they play under the music. It says, uh, and it quotes a little bit of that moment right there, where he, he's kind of playing a weatherman. It's pretty funny. Oh, wow. I'm going to I'm gonna have to uh, see if I can quote it here, but keep talking while I try and get it in my yeah. head. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Row, row, row your boat. 
life is but a dream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. I, I guess. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's the way it is. Um, and so, I don't know, that's just a thought I had, that maybe a precog dream is a tap into, a hack into a parallel life you're living. That it's not even necessarily, oh, I guess it is parallel, but it's just a little fast forwarded. Like it's just a little further ahead of where this current life is. So there's maybe, you know, an infinite oh, number of versions. We're, we're living in an elliptical shadow. Yes. I, I, well, I don't know what that, yes. I'm just going to assume that means the same thing. Cause I, if, if you believe what you just said, then you believe that we're always five seconds behind the future and therefore we can predict a little bit of the future. Well, yeah. Or it could be five seconds or it could be five days. Or in your case of theater, it's a year. There's a parallel universe that's a year ahead of where we are now in this realm. In that particular case, yes. And somehow you can crack into it. That's an interesting idea to think that maybe you can crack into an infinite number of lives in the dream world that are ahead from one second to 70 years ahead of where we are currently. Maybe. That's a theory I'm just working on Then you have to talk about, is time a straight line? Oh, well, then we're getting into some True Detective yeah. shit, which I loved. I loved that show. Well, um, I think, uh, you know, next time you have a precog dream, we're going to have to definitely get a, uh, we're going to have to get in like an instant uh, update for the Mindcast. I'd love to. And do some updates. We'll have to get some, uh, some updates on there uh, for when that happens. So Jeff Hutchinson at, uh, uh, you're on, you don't, do you have a website? I don't really have a website. So just you YouTube you page, can, Jeff Roji. I, I do have a Facebook page, Jeff Roji Productions. Uh, so you can go on there and, you know, but like go, yeah, yeah, and go to uh, go to the YouTube because there's we've, we've got a ton of videos on there that I've done. I've been an actor and all kinds of stuff that you've done. Good stuff, too. I think uh, one of my favorites was, uh, what was the action movie trailer we made? We did a fake trailer of like a yeah, terrorist yeah. attack. Uh-huh. uh Oh God, I forget the name of it, but it was you played a terrorist, like annihilation, or it was. It's like some kind of ridiculous thing like that. So, um, thanks for. Try, talking. I'm trying to remember so desperately right now the quote from the uh, Tool song "Third Eye." I think it's uh, like today all men report that life is but a dream and imagination of ourselves. Here's Todd with the weather. Oh yes, yeah, it's, okay, it's yeah. like yeah. I think it's when he's talking about being on mushrooms. It's from his act when he's talking about being mushro- on on being on mushrooms and, oh, and right, being abducted right. by aliens and and like seeing through seeing through the bullshit of of what the society that's been constructed. Right. Uh, it all is because I mean, if you think about it, I just discovered this new website and uh, last night, and it's going to drive me crazy because there are a million psi reports, like funded medical reports, and and like they're all like twenty pages long, and you can read the results of all this stuff, and it's like there's just not enough time in one day to try to swallow all this information. Um, but uh, Bill Hicks, I think, was today a great young guy men on acid it. report. Yes, today young men on acid yeah. report that. Matter is merely a vibration caused by experiences. Life is just a dream and imagination of ourselves. Like it's like that. Yeah, it makes you think about. Which is a great documentary. We really are just a great documentary about on uh, on uh, on Netflix. And I just worked with Dwight Slade at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival this past weekend. He was, uh, he was Dwight good Slade, friends, right? Yeah, they started doing stand-up comedy together when they were young teenagers. Right, right. I think I saw him. They would sneak out of the house together and. uh, Well, if he listens to this podcast, long Um, long live Bill and and, long live Bill and Dwight Slade, one of the funniest stand-ups out there. You need to find his stuff. Uh, Dwight Slade. It's spelled the way it sounds. So uh, I've always I've always wanted to see him do his his act live. Well, okay. Well, thanks for having uh, me, buddy. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) 
<laughs> or is this mine or yours? Your project? Who's talking? Listen, man, I really appreciate you bringing me on because, uh, and you were doing this, and I told you I had some stuff to say. You're a little bit surprised. You're like, what, what would you have to say? And I said, I have a little bit of precog once in a while. And, yeah, we had never spoken about it. And we hadn't it. spoken about it, and I was actually not speaking about it with you on purpose to get it out there and talk with you about it. Uh, there's definitely a lot to say about that subject matter, and I will definitely, if anything else happens where I have a premonition again, I will let you know. Maybe we can turn in something else for your show. Yeah, I, I'd appreciate it because uh, I, I love the idea that, uh, that, that that's possible because I've never considered precog dreams as deja vu. So I'm really going to have to think yeah. about uh, next time I experience deja vu, which is relatively often. I have deja vu probably a couple times a month. Maybe if you uh, remember your, your dreams. So I'm going to I'm going to focus, maybe try to do some meditation, try to focus and try to line those things up uh, yeah. just to try to be more more aware in the moment of them. Yeah, I mean, that's just specifically me as far as that goes. I don't because every time I have deja vu, I will I will try to do the next thing that I think is supposed to be happening in the deja vu that I remember. And that's when I always jam out of it. Like when I'm like, oh, I do this next. But then it's like, I'm totally, I'm already out of it then at that point when I try well, to do the thing that I think is supposed to happen next that I've already experienced. Good call because there have been moments, now that you mentioned it not too long ago from now, where I have had that feeling of deja vu and it comes over me in a flash and I'm like, oh, in the dream, you messed up. You did something really stupid and did this. Let's not do that right now. And then I divert a different direction. Usually nowadays, these are only happening with conversations where an embarrassing moment would have happened in the dream. It doesn't have a life-saving aspect to it like those other ones. Yeah, I wish mine were that cool. Mine always like the last time I had deja vu, I was in, I was pulling into an Applebee's parking lot after a show with another comic, and I was like, "Oh, this is when I get out of the car and and make a joke about." Uh, <laughs> Did you go into Applebee's and say, "I want to be the thirty-seven-year-old with the, the cocaine plate, please"? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's always just stupid. Like, oh, this is when I get out of the car and be like, "Oh, you know, hopefully we." Uh, anyway, I'm not gonna say what it, what some things in comedy need to stay between the comics, and sure. I don't need to be talking. You I don't need can, to be can... negatively influencing people's opinions of me at this point. Uh, oh by, well, by most, doing pe- some most road people, dog talk. Most people I know. Think positively of you, and you can look okay, up the good. Chris Robinson stuff on on the internet. Yeah, and I'm going to try to link Chris Robinson stuff to uh, on the website, meandparanormalu.com. You guys know that um, if you listen uh, at all, uh, because you're going to hear the plug here in about five seconds. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Spiral out. Thanks again for listening to this week's experience of Me and Paranormal You. I really do appreciate everyone who's listening and finding some enjoyment. Maybe you're finding some encouragement knowing that you're not the only person out there who uh, is just now discovering that they're an empath or having psychic abilities. Um, If you'd like to contact me, please visit the website, meandparanormalu.com, or you can email me at meandparanormalu at gmail.com. There's also a number you can call, 818-839-0593. Call or text message that number at any hour of any day. That's a uh, Google Voice, so you don't have to worry about it going to my cell phone and waking me up. I'm usually up anyway. But, uh, you know, visit the website. I've got books that I'm reading, trying to keep up with all of this stuff, trying to learn. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of great experiences on the horizon, and I'm really excited that that you're along for the journey. And if you've got anybody you'd like me to talk to, you know, reach out and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening, and, uh, you know, see you next week on the Astral Plane. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.